0: everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning for some a nice mcdonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it others might prefer a mcdonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel or perhaps a sausage, egg, and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba.
1: Hello there! And welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. dot com. This is episode seventy-seven. <laughs> I'm Chris, and I'm joined, as always, by Rachel. Hi, Rachel.
2: Hey, what's up, everybody?
1: How's it going?
2: Uh, okay. It's been a very busy weekend thus far. Recording this on Sunday, like we normally do, but uh, it's a Memorial uh weekend over here, and um, as much as normally everyone else will, yeah, gets off work to have some fun, you know, have fun for the holiday, I am, uh, my, my job currently allows me to just have to have to work through the weekend, which is, that is sad, but regardless, I am here and I'm happy to be here to talk about, uh, what's going on in animation.
1: It's a holiday weekend here as well. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the, the, I think they just call it spring back holiday.
2: <laughs> oh, right, 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 right,
1: Yeah, it's just, just random back holiday in May that we have. I uh, don't know why, but I'm not complaining. Um, <laughs> and back with us this week, fresh from the <laughs> exotic location of the Cannes Film Festival in France, which we will hear all more about later, and Von's back. <laughs> Hi, Von!
3: Hey! <laughs> it's nice to uh, to be here chatting with you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was something. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, we'll just in with the hoi polloi in the, in the <laughs> festival, going, hey! Hey, have my card. There you go.
3: <laughs> That's right. I had them on the ready. Yeah, <laughs> quick draw. <laughs> Getting really um, uh, good at pulling up business cards super fast. <laughs> it's an art
2: form, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, nice yeah. to meet you.
3: Here's my card. Right. <laughs> well yeah, and since they took them, I guess I did it I did an okay job. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it was really um it was uh, quite a time. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll tell you all about it. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's we'll good, hear all about player. it later. <laughs> um but before that we are going to talk about some of the latest news happenings in the animation world this week. Um and But before that, I wanted to just draw attention to some things on the website at the moment because The Red Turtle has finally come out in the UK. Um, And you will read our glowing review of it on on the (laughs) website at the moment. But you will also read uh, our interview with Michael DeWitt, the director. uh, who our, Our writer Mark was very fortunate enough to get to chat with. And it's a fascinating read. I recommend you read it. Um, and obviously go and see the film if you can it's not playing anywhere near me which is not annoying at all oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Got, got a, uh got two art house cinemas and they've been playing it oh, it's just like that. I mean oh. obviously they have to play Pirates of the Caribbean 5 instead yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway so uh, check that out on animationadults.com. Um so this weekend has been the MCM London Comic Con happening in London strangely enough. Um, <laughs> by the time you hear this uh, there should be a post on the site uh, summing up the animation news, anime news that came out of the Comic Con but we wanted to draw attention to a couple of interesting stories a, a, a couple of interesting titles in there anyway um, as well as things like the fact that uh, Wolf Rain's gonna get a Blu Ray release later in the year. Yes. Uh, yes. I, uh, that, that
2: this pleases me.
1: <laughs> uh, Fruits Basket's getting a UK Blu Ray release in the near future. But what's particularly interesting is the amount of stuff that's going to be showing in cinemas because Anime Limited have been showing a lot of stuff in cinemas recently. Uh, what with Your Name, A Silent Voice, uh, the Sword Art Online movie, the Fairy Tale movie. And they're just going to keep going, because uh, they're apparently doing pretty well. Um, so, in July, they're releasing a film called Genocidal Organ, which sounds delightful. Oh, uh, wow, yeah,
2: that's the that's title.
1: Um, which is apparently the final film in the Project Ito project,
2: um, hmm.
1: which also included um, Empire of Corpses, again, Sounds lovely. Um, <laughs> a film called Harmony, which sounds you know—that
2: sounds a bit of, better than those last two. I mean, obviously, if you're looking for some dark entertainment, those other two sound pretty, like that might be a good cup of tea for that. But eh, Harmony's a bit more pleasant sounding, it seems.
1: Genocide Organ was apparently the last, or one of the last projects that Manglobe were working on before they went um, bankrupt. Ah. So. <sighs> yes and they, they are the people who brought us samurai shampoo and other cool stuff so mm-hmm. probably worth a look definitely um, they did august napping princess which is the uh, film from ghost of the shell and um uh emperor of the e- uh, yeah, of the east director oh, right, yeah. uh, so that's august uh, and then also in august your name is coming back to cinemas, including some IMAX screenings. Which Whoa. is a big deal. So IMAX, you're be,
2: moving up in the world!
1: You're going to be able to see your name really big
2: Ooh. with subtitles.
1: And there will also be additional dubbed and subtitled screenings of the film in regular cinemas, so you can check it out if you missed it. Um,
2: That's huge. I don't think it... At least not in my recent memory of an anime film actually... Getting, uh, I mean, obviously limited screenings in theaters, but not never IMAX, as far as I'm aware.
1: Mm. Uh, I As far as I know, Dragon, some at least one of the Dragon Ball movies had IMAX screening in Japan, at least. Um, okay.
2: Yeah, outside of Japan, I would. I, I, that's uh, that's surprising.
1: It might have had like one in America. There's probably the UK, like maybe. one
2: animated film somewhere that I'm probably not familiar with, or at least you know, not sure of that. That's got some uh, IMAX screening somewhere but still this is a big deal
1: i think battle of the gods got a 3d screening in yeah the 3d, 3D for in sure. the UK, but then not IMAX. um and also there are two films from masaki yuasa coming out this year um in september a film called night is short walk on girl hmm. which is Uh, a romantic comedy by Misaki Yuasa that has connections to the series The Tatami Galaxy, which I haven't seen but I know is a series that is quite beloved. And there is a review of it on our site which is very positive. Uh, (laughs) But I haven't seen it. And his other film Lou Over the Wall which is a fantasy from Masaki Yuasa about a man who encounters a mermaid. (laughs) So there you go. These these stories. That sounds
2: familiar.
1: I'm bringing you via Anime News Network uh, because we haven't written out at the time of talking. (laughs) Um, um, And finally, Perfect Blue, the Satoshi Kon classic, is returning. Or well, it's probably probably the first time it's actually screened in UK cinemas. Unless it did screen originally, I don't know. I think it just went straight to might have even been video back then. Yeah, um, it's, really
2: hard, it's really hard to know what, what movies... Like, even the ones that were really... That really got acclaimed out of, you know... Out of Japan. Like, how many of them were able to make it to the theatres?
1: I think in the UK it was mainly... Just Akira. Then Ghost of the Shell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then all the Pokeball movies. <laughs> <And> then,
2: <laughs> well, definitely the then, po- Now that I remember. That I definitely no- remember.
1: Then nothing until, <laughs> like, last year.
2: <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Um... Yeah but perfect blue will be going getting a cinema re-release on Halloween Woo! to to celebrate the film's 20th anniversary oh god
2: <laughs> wow 20 years old <laughs> yeah
1: yes uh that's a, that's a very good film yeah it's a, it's classic it's, it's disturbing but it's it's brilliant uh so yeah Lots of anime coming to cinemas in the UK, which is only a good thing.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's, that's one of like the, the next couple of years. That's what I'm hoping for. It's like, the more years go by, the more success they see. These seem to have in theaters. The more, the more we'll get to see both in the UK and the US. So keep pushing, guys. Keep going to see these movies because the more people see them, the more they realize that seeing you know people there's a market for these movies. So definitely keep going to see as many as you can, as many as you want to see. So we can keep seeing some really good ones.
1: Another film that we know is going to get a cinema release, but this time in the United States is oddman's Early Man has it's been picked up by Lionsgate who will release it february sixteenth, twenty eighteen.
2: Oh, so next year.
1: Yes. Uh Very just good. which is um just just <clears throat> under a month after the UK premiere, so Mhm.
2: All right, very good. That's 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 good news because I'm I was a little nervous with uh, how um, I mean not that Sean the Sheep did really poorly here it just it didn't you know compared to the UK obviously it didn't do as well so I was I was nervous that the likelihood of getting early men wouldn't you know it wouldn't be as likely but I'm I'm glad to be proven wrong.
1: Yeah, it didn't do very well, but I don't think they don't think they did a very good job at marketing it or anything because mm-hmm. no one knew it was like out so. <laughs>
2: Well Arman Armin movies have, you know, when they're marketed right, they have, you know, done well. I mean, I remember I, th- I could have sworn Chicken Run did pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think, back when I it think... was
2: released. And the Wallace and Grummet even. Mm hmm. Had moderate yeah, they... success, so it's it's not like they they these movies just don't do, you know, bad outside you know, do poorly outside the UK. It's just the marketing for Shaun the Sheep was couldn't it was not as good as it could have been in the US.
1: Yeah, I also don't think the release was that I don't think you could see it that widely either, so that doesn't mm-hmm.
2: help. Yeah, well, here's hoping that Lionsgate helps that uh, get make sure Early Man gets viewed as, gets to as many US cinemas as possible, because it's, I love seeing Armin's stuff.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to that. Okay. <laughs> to hop back over the Atlantic once again, mm-hmm. um, there is a new animation festival coming to the UK um, next year in April 2018 uh, from the people behind Cardiff Animation Nights, which is a awesome regular. I think it's bi-monthly uh, screening mm-hmm. event in Cardiff. That is, shall we say, like a a a spiritual sibling to Avon's <laughs> Festival Animation Nights New York um, and we've we've heard from our very own dad how great uh, Cardiff Animation Nights is because oh, he, he lives in Cardiff so uh, <laughs> he's been to a, at least a couple of them and they have organised for the last two years um, a special animation strand as part of Cardiff's Independent Film Festival or CIFF but next year they are going to be uh, having a dedicated animation festival in Cardiff the Cardiff animation festival That's uh, great. which will ha- happen between april 20th and 22nd uh, at several venues around Cardiff and we don't know exactly what's going to happen but they are held, they are having a um, pair of taster events this summer um one of which will take place on Saturday 24th of June and that is a right I'm not sure about my pronunciation here uh, Lotte Reniger or Reiniger? do you know the um... yep,
3: yes yeah he, um, she was a, a puppet animation pioneer um, mm-hmm. in Germany and um, actually she was a huge influence of uh, Hannes Rahl who we yes. did our first interview with <laughs> um, yeah uh, yeah uh that's right yeah no she's really incredible work but uh yeah that's fantastic that sounds really super interesting
1: yeah um they are having a screening of the oldest surviving animated feature film at prince Ahmed, by lotteg mm-hmm. with a new original live score by musician chris davies there you fantastic
3: go that sounds fantastic wow yeah I would love to go to that hmm <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah the organizers of that festival or, or of uh, Cardiff animation nights are um, really something that I look forward to we've talked about maybe working together and um, I I really uh, look forward to doing that doing that soon or having the details to do that awesome yeah
1: and the other event is um uh, called the Late Night Work Club Special, which is happening mm-hmm. in July. Uh, and this is Independent International Animation Collective, Late Night Work Club, mm-hmm. uh, who released uh, sev- they released their second collaborative anthology of animated short film, Strangers, late last year.
3: Yeah, those guys are great. Jake Armstrong is someone I know from... Uh, from that uh group and he what was the name of his animation the terrible story of alpha anyway he's a terrific animator he he released this great short um that's it's highly cinematic (laughs) um i'll have to like google the name of that but uh yeah those guys put
1: out some really terrific work okay and tickets are now on sale for the first event uh tickets to the july event will go on sale soon And for more information, you can follow Cardiff Animation Nights on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or check out their website. And I will link to it all in the show notes. Okay. And now moving on to television. Uh, A (laughs) new series is coming to Cartoon Network based on dc superhero girls which is a line of uh it started off as um toys and it's also had a couple of direct video like movies and there's a website with games and short animations on youtube um but it is getting its first tv series uh which is being worked on by none other than lauren faust
2: mm-hmm it was a very big name in uh television animation. She was uh she worked on the uh Powerpuff Girls, um the current run of uh My Little Pony uh Friendship is Magic and uh, I guess this is her next big thing from what I I at least from my to uh my news or my idea that think this was the next big uh project she was working on.
1: Yeah, well, she was supposed to be doing a movie, but it got canceled. Mhm. Uh because they had to do the Emoji Movie instead, or something, <sighs> uh, so we couldn't have that, or curses. Or, we couldn't have that, or Popeye from Gendy Tartovsky. But hey, Gendy Tartovsky went on to do Samurai Jack season five, and she's gone on to do this. So
2: yeah, not 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 too bad at all things considered. I mean, well, I mean, I'm looking at the looked at the character designs for the uh, cast of characters and. Um, Considering I'm I'm relatively familiar with a lot of these uh these DC comic heroines, I have to say some of the designs are very are very pleasing to look at.
1: Um, I don't think they're her designs. I think they are the existing designs. Oh, for I, the line. Said, for the line, yeah. Oh. So I wouldn't expect them to be too radical a departure from that because obviously they're going to be based on on the same characters and everything. But it, she might have a slightly different spin. But yeah, I, I do I've. I remember like when this line was launched whatever i i was i was obviously it's not aimed at me but no. i was i was pleased that it existed I was mm-hmm. like oh, that's a good idea
2: <laughs> well obviously they they're, they're uh, with the whole um uh, movies that are coming out that would uh, for d c based on d c comics it would make sense and even the even outside the the um the movies they've even got the the television shows like you've got the supergirl show. And uh, you know the Green Arrow and all that stuff, and you get a lot of people are getting a lot of more exposure to these characters than they did back in, like, say, the um, I would say the early, the late '80s or '90s um, onward. So I'm really, it's it's, again good to see like new, even even if it is for a different audience to uh, see these characters being uh, in in different forms of media.
1: Mm Hmm. It's interesting to see like completely different audience takes of the same characters and things so Mm -hmm. I mean you obviously get the get the dark and gritty ones for the movies at the moment (laughs) and then you've got the um,
2: some complain a little too dark and gritty but what can you
1: do what can you do and then you've got the like the more adult takes on the the director video slash DVD slash streaming movies that the mm-hmm. DC do, and then you've got the the TV things like this, and Teen Titans and stuff so, there it, you go it's
2: all wide, the, the, their DVC is just going the whole wide range of uh, reaching out to different audiences, which I have to say, yeah, you got to give them some credit for, for doing that for trying mm-hmm. to reach as many people as possible
1: and this is scheduled to start airing in 2018
2: so, it mm-hmm. uh,
1: we shall wait and see more on that, possibly. <laughs> yep. Okay, and one final news story relates to a new series that is coming to Netflix. hmm. And that is a series based on a classic video game franchise: Castlevania! Castlevania.
2: Vampires? See, oh my!
1: which makes me think of the, uh, the, um, Animaniacs thing. Pennsylvania. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's not in Pennsylvania. It's Castlevania. Um, and yeah, it's a mini series that is coming to Netflix, um, produced by Frederator Studios. And from a producer called, um, Adi Shankar, who produced several movies, including um, Dread, was one of the movies he worked on, Um, and he's got an interesting um, background of some of the things he's done. Like, he did, I don't know if you ever saw it, there was a a R-rated, gritty take on Power Rangers, unofficial.
2: Huh. It was... I feel had, like maybe I've heard of it, but I don't think I've. For some reason, I can't bring. I I can't rec- recollect anything specific.
0: Yeah,
1: basically, he went. He said that he was doing an an adult animated series based on Castlevania, and some people was like, "Are you really doing that? Is that an official thing, or is this one of your bootleg things?" Because he also did did something based on Dread that was also unofficial. Oh yeah, you a- do- yeah, you mentioned that series. earlier, and um. Yeah, so people were like, Uh is this for real? There was no no official announcement or anything, because, mm-hmm. you know, Netflix don't always do that. and then they release a trailer and say it's coming out in July. So
2: Oh wow. So that that's really oh God, this July. Yes. July Wow, that's that not
1: far along at all. Um and it is is being written by the comic book writer. Scott and author Warren Ellis, mm. who has written the screenplay, and it is produced by Frederator Studios, who brought us Adventure Time, but it looks very different because it's based on Castlevania, mm-hmm. and it's about vampires and stuff. Oh yeah, and it looks cool. <laughs>
2: it's I I love the art design so far from what what the uh the trailer goes on. and especially the lead in with um selecting you know like you're like <laughs> you're so putting cute. in the, the <laughs> Nintendo that. cartridge in that was. That was a brilliant choice for um, for a trailer for something like this because you know it's, I mean Castlevania is it's it's definitely got a very dedicated fan base to it, but you know it's it's very you know I would say it's you know it's for people who played those games they're you know definitely more familiar with those those classic titles so that's that's the great way to lead in to know like you're you're grabbing that particular audience like oh I remember this because I guarantee no one who's like you know Oh, and none of the people, of the newer generation will be looking at that. Like, what is that? <laughs> what is this? So it's, it's very clear that they're marketing this for a particular audience, and I'm, I'm glad that that's what they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's July seventh. It's listed as a mini series, but I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you know six or seven or eight, something like that, rather than like a full thirteen episodes. I guess. Yeah we will have to wait and see unless it comes to a obvious conclusion where they were only wanting to do that, then obviously there could be more if it's a success i guess
2: mm-hmm will have to yeah so it's a, it's a wait and see kind of thing, but like i said the the from what they were able to put through in the trailer, it looks like it's like a very very uh stylish yet dark kind of uh, animation style which i'm i'm really digging.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of sort of nineties anime in a way. Mm-hmm. So check out the trailer for that and in in July check out the series if you've got Netflix. So there we go, that is this week's news. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time to say VOD. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hello. You went to CAD. I
1: did. How, how did that happen?
3: <laughs> well, um, I am a New York City festival director. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I was um, thrilled that I was able to to uh, get accreditation to go. Um, and it was a little bit... Well, I found out a little bit last minute. But anyway, those are sort of nuts and bolts of it. But I, it, I was able to get there and uh, find a an affordable place to stay via Airbnb. Thanks very much, Airbnb. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it was something, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like, um, I, I was probably a beat behind in everything. Um, and, and I heard this from a lot of people. I, you know, I tell people it was, it was my first time. I told people that I met, it was my first time there. And, and, um, uh, they uh you know everyone pretty much everyone said and, and I felt this way from the beginning is like the first time you go, it's more of like a reconnaissance sort of <laughs> like mission because um, there's just so much going on, i mean you have sort of um like the you know fancy red carpet events and that side of it, which um honestly i didn't really i wasn't privy to a lot of that as a newcomer um but uh and parties and um and uh just this kind of steady drip of uh hors d'oeuvres and alcohol through the entire thing um, oh, wow. and lots of talking and talking and talking and walking and um in this beautiful environment that um is you know uh, uh Exciting and full of contradiction. And um, I mean, one thing I kept thinking is you know, the environment itself is like, is gorgeous, and so there are palm trees everywhere, and, and you have this hot sun beating down with a, like a cool breeze <laughs> constantly. I would, and and that's what made me, I, I sort of like thought about that every single day as I progressively got more and more sunburned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Even though I tried to not have that happen, it inevitably did. But um, but yeah, it, it was something. I mean, I I feel like I'm still kind of unpacking a lot of it, um, and and have been since the whole thing. But uh, it, it was amazing. I mean, I you just for me, it was about. Um, I even read a book in preparation <laughs> wow. to try and get a handle on the experience. But um, there are just so many things. And, and it's kind of – the festival itself is. Um, it feels like it's – you know, for me it felt like it was just sprawling. Like there are so many things I didn't even um, – you just kind of led by sort of the next event. I mean, you try and make a schedule, but as in, you know, any any festival experience, you, know, you set your plan and then mm-hmm. your plan, you know, you don't necessarily – what happens doesn't necessarily conform to that plan. No, originally. it
2: never does. Whether you're, <laughs> Whether you're going to a festival or convention or what have you, like you'll – yeah. You try your best to pick out what you want to do the most, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way you you really wanted to. So it's always good. it's always important to have backup plans, and even sometimes the backup plans fail. So you just got to keep, you just got yeah. to at some at a certain point you just kind of have to go with the flow.
3: Yeah, and it, it's funny because I mean something like um, you know a festival that's a little bit smaller like Tribeca, you know that that you know it was easier for me to sort of figure out and you know so when i've gone there i you know take notes furiously about you know product integration and think about things you know that we can use for animation nights new york and 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 things that you know we could you know you just learn from the experience but this was totally different you know it was um it was a real uh real shock uh to the system but in a really in a good way i mean um so i look forward to going back next year and and um i'd love to be able to um, go for the whole festival. This time I went from the 17th to the 25th. That includes like, travel dates and stuff. So um, I, I was there for the first weekend and uh, and a few days after that to make sure I was part of uh, a march to film and, and um, the market area. And, um, and and But next year I'd like to maybe stay for the entire thing and then um, go to Annecy afterwards if I can. Nice. Oh, wow and um Hank, yeah that's the plan my my uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out but but uh yeah it was something I mean honestly uh, I was there though to um not for content because you know as you know <laughs> we we've have plenty of uh really terrific films in the queue um that are you know being programmed into next year but mm-hmm. uh But I I really just wanted to, they they had their first um, animation day in Cannes, which is put on uh, by uh, Bruno uh, uh, Chaitlin. Oh, I probably hope I'm not screwing up his last name. Anyway, he, among many other things, he uh, is in charge of filmfestivals.com. And then uh, Laurie Gordon, among other things, uh, is the director of the Montreal International Film Festival, Animes. Ooh, and wow. uh, and also um, Martin Petrov, uh, who is, among other things, uh, the director of the World of Film International Glasgow uh, Film Festival. The three of them uh, were sort of the main forces behind uh, the Animation Day in Cannes. And also, you know, there was also actually... Um, uh, Annecy had a presence there, but I missed the day that was happening. Um, or I think I had just arrived or was still sort of getting my bearings and, um, mm-hmm. and missed that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that would have been nice to catch. But there's a lot that I didn't see, you know. And, uh, you know, there was a film that's actually uh, coming out soon. Um, what's it called? Akja
1: Akja. Oh, yeah. the um the young the Yeah. Yeah,
3: Akja. Right. The guy the who directed Yes the Snowpiercer. Yeah. So yeah. that was there. I tried to go see that, I wasn't able to um, see that, but it's coming out and then really in the next few weeks, I think, um, via Netflix. But um Yeah, heard...
0: the
1: Bong Jun ho film. Mhm.
3: Yeah. I heard um uh, I'm just excited to see that. I heard um, different things about it, mostly positive. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was something, though. I mean, it's just, yeah, a lot of walking and talking and a lot of business cards. But it's weird. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> I didn't really know very much about it. But uh, basically, you have um, a lot of the um, action during the day. Um, they're in these tents. Um and they're called, you know, international villages or whatever. And so everyone has a pavilion, which is basically like a fancy tent structure um, along this carpet. And when I first saw it, I was just like, what? What is this? Like, like well, I don't uh, I don't really get But you realize why, like, as you're there for a few days, because, you know, each... Um, you sort of visit each of these um, pavilions to network with people from from different countries, but also it's kind of a way for you to, uh, I don't know, hang out with people from your own country as well, which I, honestly, I, um, I'm i so used to drinking buckets of coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I um, really, I, it's just a little bit different, you know what I mean? That was the, the only real uh, yeah, I it, it was nice to go to the American pavilion for a large cup of like a, a bucket of coffee. <laughs> Quite in the literally way. a
2: bucket of coffee.
3: Yeah, pretty much. compared to everything else that uh you was there but anyway, it was it's a beautiful um beautiful place to just to visit. It was it was a lovely experience. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more um animation, but um you know, then again, I, I did get to chat with a lot of different people and make a lot of connections, so. Mm-hmm.
2: So the um in terms of animation uh in uh, Cannes Film Festival this is rel- is this is this a relatively new thing for Cannes to have animation um, or do they normally fe- they normally feature like a small
3: well I I mean there are films like for instance um well the animation day in Cannes that's new and it's a little bit separate from the actual uh festival and this is my understanding I'm hoping hopefully, hopefully I'm not getting this too wrong but um. You know, like I said, there were, Odyssey had a showcase and there were, there were other films that were part of the shorts um, showcase and they showed some features. But um, it's really it's interesting because there was a talk with uh, one of the producers of My Life as a Zucchini. Mm. Ah. Yeah. And that was really terrific. That was really cool to catch. So they had uh, a talk with him. During the uh, animation day in Cannes, uh, what's his name, Max Carly um, and I definitely made sure I went up to at least you know shake his hand and say you know mm-hmm. Bravo, well done, and, you know keeping all of the great stuff in that film in the film, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, definitely. you know, just kind of I sort of gushed over all those beautiful acting moments and things that we've talked about mm-hmm. um, on Animation for Adults, and of course mentioned the podcast too, Tim. To but he was really terrific. Um, and also, it was kind. What of, was really awesome is um, so Lori and Bruno uh, and Martin gave me an opportunity to sort of get up in front of everyone um, in oh, during that day's event and talk about Animation Nights New York, which was awesome, um, really freaking cool. You know what I mean? Like it was not yes. expected. So um, yeah, I I reposted that photo. <laughs> they took a photo. I have evidence that um, <laughs> you know I got up and got to to chat. That was really super cool. You know what I mean? Like it was totally. They, yeah, she didn't have to do that and, and um and we'll probably be working together. Uh we have to hammer out the details but we're gonna try and work together, uh, because you know, Montreal and, and um and New York City are so close. Mm-hmm. And, um it would just it would be really nice, uh to, to to work with them. So moving forward, we'll put something together. But uh, yeah, it was really uh, that was that was nice. <laughs>
2: that was an excellent surprise. Awesome. Oh, huh? I
3: know. I know. I couldn't believe it. And uh, so we, we got to and it, it you know opened a few other doors. I mean, really, and that's kind of uh, how the experience was. I mean, um, you know, again, like you go in with a plan, and then you wind up meeting people. I mean, I met one woman who um, she was. Excellent. The last day I was there, I met uh, someone who was an editor for Godard. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, (laughs) And she happened to live just like four four doors or stay four doors down from where I was. Oh, my goodness. So I've been walking by her place uh, every day while I was there. And we also got to go to the the top of the – there's a castle um, and museum. Someone had rented part of that structure out. uh, Oh, wow got to go to the very top of it and, um, take some really beautiful, uh, see a really beautiful view of the oh, entire awesome. area, which was really cool. it's just one of those things, you know, I was just like, this is a nice last day. <laughs> you,
2: know? you, get little, you get a little bit of everything.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's true. And, and um, but, uh, yeah, it was something, I mean, I've so many people, um, <laughs> without really seeing that many films. I mean, the other thing that I saw, which was really cool, is uh, I was introduced to an organization I really didn't know anything about. Actually, I'd sort of heard about the film, but... um there's this organization and this was another event that was sort of like on the outskirts, you know? So you have all of these, you have like the main events going on again, like the red carpet kind of fancy stuff and then Mm -hmm. sort of late night parties that you're either, you know, invited to or not invited to you, depending on where you are, like in the hierarchy. Um, and then you have sort of the middle things and, and, uh, different panels and things just going on at every, uh, pavilion. Um, and then, um, bigger and smaller parties going on, uh, uh, a lot of this, I have to admit, I sort of bowed out of, and <laughs> and it's like I was just like, I'm going home. Because the thing is, you still had to get up early in the morning the next day yeah. to be a part of panels and things. So most of the people that were there, I mean, I don't think anybody really got more than you know four hours of sleep through the <laughs> through the week um, that I was there. It was something. Um, uh-huh. So some sometimes I just like went back to the Airbnb and it was just like, let me take my. Um, boots off my throbbing feet <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and um you know recollect myself and think about the days events but um but uh yeah, oh, so this one organization that I found out about, which was really cool it's, it's called make a Film Foundation, so it's kind of like the make a wish and it's similar in that um they work with uh kids who are terminally ill and make films um, with them, and this one film in particular um was called I think the the black gondola
2: hmm
3: black gandiola gondola that's a like a boat right that's not what this is black gondola gondola g-h-i-a-n-d-o-l-a anyway um it's a zombie film an 11 minute zombie film and um so the young man who they were working with really wanted to he was a film he was a filmmaker and um Said he said that you know, one of his last wishes was to make a be in a zombie film. Oh, wow! So he was starred in it, and they just had this huge cast of stars in it. Johnny Depp was in it, and Get uh, out. yeah, yeah, it's it was something. Um, they had uh, three different let's see, we'll, we'll put this in the show notes for sure. Um, that I just I don't want to miss. So David Lynch, Laura Dern, Johnny Depp, (laughs) um, Catherine Hardwick, Sam Raimi, Yeah, we're all directed at Theodore Melfi, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, like the list goes on. (laughs) they were all in this film and um, with him. And uh, he unfortunately passed away in January. But, you Uh, know, what a thing to, you know, have this short film as, you know, hmm. sort of a legacy for for this young man who who yeah. actually did a, a fine job acting and I guess uh <laughs> I guess they were you know were hard on, were like really were were really pushed him for for um to get a performance out of him even though he you know wasn't feeling well he was up to it and uh you know what a great thing so they ha- they do more documentary uh type films in New York City but I'm really excited to um follow up with them and, and see you know if there's any way that maybe uh you know, we could, uh, work with them somehow, or even if it's a matter of just, uh, featuring work, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, talk to, make sure they're in contact with TAP, or, you know, the animation project, or, you know, yeah, we'll see, an but anyway. story. I know, I know, so that was sort of, again, like, that was kind of another thing that was a little bit outside, was at the, I think, Reddits and Blue, um, where, sort of the beach, uh, public beach area is, uh, in Ken, and, and, um. So, yeah, I mean, things like that kept coming up uh, left and right, and I wouldn't have known about that had I not, you know, reached out to people while I was there to um, just meet with them and and make contact, and that's what I was there to do, really. But I met a ton of festival directors, and uh, everyone was uh, really great. Um, uh, I mean, it's funny, too, because... You know, (laughs) the the festival is really, there's a whole marketing and and business side to it, you know. So, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't there to sell anything um, and I wasn't there to buy anything. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, you know, whole aspects, that's a whole other level, you know, Mm -hmm. is is, a lot of that is going on. Um, But I was just really there to meet people. So it was, it was, it was interesting. (laughs)
2: Well, it sounds sounds like you would do a lot of that. Like, were there any particular individuals other than the ones you mentioned already that you were able to speak to?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I I met uh, a woman from from the um, Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences who... I always think I am I saying that correctly (laughs) um anyway she um from the educational division and she was the uh one who told me about the uh make a film foundation she's Mm -hmm. she was involved in producing that film but um you know I was able to talk to her about animation nights I talked to someone from Sundance who is super supportive and and um you know yeah we'll be in touch uh, moving forward to see you know what we can do with them and and Mm -hmm. um someone else from uh Berlinal uh, Berlinale. uh but it, it was incredible. <laughs> wow. I mean I every person that I met there, um you know, they were all just they were amazing. So <laughs> um yeah, I came back with uh, like I said, a huge stack of business cards.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's always and, a good day. Like, yeah, met, sorry, so yeah, I'd like to people. go
3: back. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, sorry.
2: No, it was, it was. I was just saying, like, oh, like you know, that's the proof that you've you've been able to meet like all these different people. It's like, okay, well, just be able to have those for when you need them.
3: Yeah, no, I it, it, it was amazing. I mean, I it really was. I don't. Yeah, it's something. I, I'm looking for, forward to going back, and and um, I'll you know, see if I can't work on my French going, <laughs> okay, but although Please. that was, that's it, key. Uh, yeah. That's real
2: key there. Well,
3: everyone, everyone um, spoke English. I mean, I think, um, actually, a Brits began the festival, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, uh, you know, everyone spoke, but it, you know, I didn't, I tried to be polite and, and, uh, practice a little bit on, on the way there. Cause I, you know, as like most Americans, you know, I studied French in high school, <laughs> but, um, so I tried to brush up a little bit just so I um, wasn't completely rude. But um, uh, for the most part, it was just you know, bonjour, merci. <laughs> was the like basics. The yeah, basics. exactly. But um, yeah, it was something else. I I uh, I recommend the experience. Although, uh, like I said, I'm still kind of unpacking it. <laughs>
2: Well, when you're in a big experience like that, when you are meeting so many people, it's, you know, it, you can only keep up with so much of it and then you have to wait till you get back to where you're comfortable, it's like, okay, go through all the process. like, who, th- I met this person here, I met per- this person there, and it's, it's, yeah. it sounds like you uh, you met, like, a whole ton of people who are really supportive of Animation Nights, and I think it's phenomenal.
3: Yeah, I mean you know, I talked a lot about Animation Nights New York really and, and just told the whole story, you know, of it to a lot of people and, and um you know it's a good story, so uh, you know, that's part of it. I and I also I you know I, oh I well I caught a lot of VR, although like you know, again, like because I always knew, uh there were some things I really would have loved to have seen, like uh uh Carne e Arena um, is this VR piece that's supposed to be just phenomenal um, mm. by the director of Birdman? Oh, um, nice! Yeah, and um, so I heard him speak uh, at, at Tribeca, and you know the way <laughs> the way he spoke about. Uh, I didn't even re- realize. Um, that he was working on a VR piece at the time, but the way he was speaking about it, it seemed perfect. And and from what I heard, um, based on just people who had seen it uh, via panels, um, I saw this one really terrific panel in particular uh, at I one of the oh, which pavilion was it? Ah, it's it's escaping me at the moment, but um, it just sounded great. I mean, he he talked about he. He was really um, focused on, uh, you know, VR as a brand-new medium instead of trying to sort of force uh, old technology into this new um,
0: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, place, you know, just really create something brand-new with something new. And um, it sounds like he – that was a – it was a, it was a successful uh project so i can't i can't wait to see that it's, it's supposed to be i tried i tried to get in but <laughs> um nobody was having it <laughs> but i did check because you never know i mean you know sometimes these things are just based on luck and timing mm. um, sometimes my, you sneak in yeah right i it, the only thing is you had to get into uh, a taxi from I found the location um but you had to like they drove you out to some place near uh the airport so you had to somehow be vetted but I heard that a lot of people signed up for it and um and still uh that signing up is actually easy I didn't even get to sign up um mm. but uh anyway it's supposed to be great so I'm looking forward to that and they had a whole um area of VR which was um you know part of the reason i i uh I had the um, market badge was to to see a lot of that stuff and and some of it um I had seen before but it was just nice to connect reconnect with some of the creators um Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh there were there were a couple of really cool pieces um one was called uh, there was one piece separate piece of, um, there was one piece that used. When I was at Tribeca, there was this really terrific uh, VR piece called um, uh, "Draw Me Close," which hmm. used uh, reality to augment the virtual reality piece. So, oh. Oh. yeah. So basically, you you were tracked, and they they built a, a structure that. Um, was to scale with the virtual reality piece, um, like in a, a structure in real life that that mimicked what you'd be seeing. You know, as you looked around, the structures mm-hmm. were the same in scale. Okay. And then they had trackers attached to your hands, so when you, for instance, like reached out to open a door, the doorknob would be there in front of you, and then. Um, and then as you experience uh, sort of in flashback form uh, the experience of the main character um, like his mother would enter and so that the mother was a character that was tracked in real time with motion capture and uh, and you could see her but an actress was playing that character and at one point she hugs you and and there's some interactivity between the two of you and so you know that's what I mean like the reality is sort of augmenting the virtual reality and it becomes much more immersive and you leave it kind of feeling uh like you're not quite sure what to do with information, and um you know you're sort of in between this like reality and virtual reality, and like we're it's really fascinating and you and you you leave it thinking that um wow we there's gonna be more to come, you start thinking about like uh how you could you know how this could be used mm-hmm. and um so the piece I saw oh darn it, I can't remember the name of it.
2: Can you describe yes, it?
3: Colors. Yeah, definitely. So, i bumping out because I should mention. Anyway, we can put this in the show notes too. But um, uh, basically you're in a hospital bed and it's supposed to uh, mimic that uh, kind of uh, nighttime terrors. You know those nighttime terrors that people have oh, yeah, and they wake yeah, yeah. up and they can't move? Oh. And they're paralyzed for a moment. So it's supposed to recreate that um, scenario. So same type of thing. Like, for instance, there'll be like an, a... A creature uh, character, and this happens. um, It's uh, something that happens with a lot of people. Experience this is is they see like sort of a creature on them. There's a yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so that. uh, creature they then like they you know put their hands on the person So you you sit in a, a hospital bed when this happens and you have covers over you and then they you know recreate the creature and they can see on this on the monitor what you're seeing and they you know mimic things like pressure and um, touch mm. and stuff and oh, um, just to, to really <laughs> drive the experience home and make it more immersive but it's really interesting you know to um it's really interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, in gonna, terms of
1: yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I'm, I'm going to file that with the one you told us about before, with <laughs> the the um, coffin thing in oh, a big box, right. in a big box called no nope. nope. not nope, <laughs> like that. nope, 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 nope. Just right
3: out uh, of the room. <laughs> uh, yeah. A <laughs> Uh yeah, there's some it's something. But I mean a lot of <laughs> Yeah, it's something. I, I don't know, it's fascinating stuff. Uh fascinating stuff. But yeah, really there was is. there was some really um there's some interesting uh VR pieces. But yeah. Mostly I just um did a lot like I said, talking and walking and I uh, and, and saw VR stuff but didn't get to see as much uh animation. I did check out the digital library and, and um uh, saw some pieces there, but uh, oh, what was that like? Uh, honestly, that was just kind of a way uh, to catch up on a bunch of shorts. So you really just uh, logged into a computer and um, you know they had uh, just a bunch of computers set up and you you'd log in and they'd give you a time block of like an hour. So it was a way mm-hmm. to uh, to check out some pieces which which is co- what's cool is that um, the filmmakers are then notified that you've watched their piece. That part's oh. cool. So they, so then you can get an e, you like I've received emails from content creators and um, filmmakers, and uh, and that's neat because um, you yeah, know I really like that idea. Um, yeah, it's
2: it's interesting way to say oh you know let the filmmakers know that this is the you know these are the people who are looking at your uh, looking at your work.
3: Yeah, and it's really pretty neat. So um, that's cool. But otherwise, you know, again, it was more you know it's it's definitely like business. Orientated and uh, celebrity focused, I guess yeah. you'd say. You know, yeah. Um, I, I was
2: looking at the website um in preparations for this podcast, and uh, yeah, I remember I was looking at through this of it, and that's that's definitely the way they made it seem, at least for the website, that it's very celebrity, you know, upper echelon filmmaking, kind of like you know, exclusive, you know. Kind of club.
3: There's a lot of yeah, exclusivity. Um, but that said, like I totally want to go back next year, you know, just to um you know, just i do think it was definitely worthwhile, but it was, you know, it was Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. But I mean that's why I think it'd be nice to do that and then go to Annecy. (laughs) You know? And then I'd come home like, you know, having uh I don't I've not been to Annecy but I've I've it's been recommended. Um, I know it's supposed to be a really great festival for animation, obviously. But, um, you know, then yeah, I can. go so there you know,
1: like, it, the, it for us.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I could do some interviews and stuff. I mean, I would love to yeah. do that. Um, oh, yeah, no, for sure. No. For sure. And and also just to, like, end it with, like, this full-on animation experience, I think would be mm. really great. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know?
2: <laughs> get some networking. Get to see some cool animation. All of the above. There, there you go.
3: Yeah, right. I'll do the business thing first and then, you know, go and hang with my tribe. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, although uh, that said the the uh sort of get-togethers which were focused on um, you know, festival directors, though that that experience was phenomenal. I mean, because that was cool. You know, I mean, <laughs> that was cool. That was uh yeah. I mean, talk about uh being on the same page (laughs) with a lot of people you know it's like people who who you know are running festivals uh, to tell them my story and get advice from them um was really uh it was worth the entire entire flight and everything um just to have that experience alone
1: (laughs) and they go you do every month every month Uh, Oh yeah exactly
3: yeah i heard that a lot i heard that a lot and um, yeah <laughs> all I could say is that's right and our programs are great <laughs> yeah. so but I mean that said uh, Cardiff Animation Nights are almost do it every month every two yeah. months <laughs> yeah I think yeah so
1: yep yeah, and, and they're doing their own festival as well So
3: yeah so there we are
1: it's spreading. It's
3: nutty. <laughs> it's nutty. It's like, yeah, I could just go buy a hair shirt for myself and <laughs> instead. <laughs> uh, that's okay. It's all for. The, it's it's uh it's important.
1: Awesome. <laughs> uh, don't think. Have I got any questions?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I, like I, I've, I've asked all the questions that I had saved up. So I'm yeah. sorry.
3: <laughs> i know i mean that was i yeah i don't really it was uh again like i'll more uh of the experience will probably come back to me but it was uh just a lot of talking and taking yeah notes like it's
2: and, I've, I've got a like in my mind because i've really not been to many film festivals so i've kind of got a, like a image of my mind of what i consider a film festival and from what i can tell this is very different than what i've i've seen or ever experienced before so it's like i'm trying to like i'm the questions i've asked like i'm like okay how how different is it from your regular film festival and it seems to me that it's more of a it's more of the business side of things than just being able to yeah. see movies
3: well i mean it's also sprawling so it's like the thing is like for instance like there was a panel on uh you know vr and and um and the there there're also a lot of questions you know especially within the VR arena there're a lot of questions that people are still no one really even knows what the, what questions to ask actually because um you know we we have a whole this is a whole new platform right VR mm-hmm. and um no one really knows how to make money off it or what the um you know plan should be for that and and then you have a lot of people you know just making really great content and um, just doing their best, doing their regular thing, and you know, then there are questions about you know how much support the hardware um, should have in all of this, and and it, you know, it's 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 brand new, so. There were some really interesting panels, um, but for instance, like, I, you know, brought up a question about, you know, support for smaller film festivals, like, you know, Animation Nights New York, where we're showing uh, VR content every month, and, um, you know... And, you know, my question is, you know, should we have more support from hardware or like in a country like the United States, which is, you know, we're about selling things. So <laughs> like, like, yeah. we do like it surprises me that there isn't more of an effort on the um, side of hardware to really promote. Uh, headsets and things. I mean, yeah. I, I know there are more partnership, there is, as it were, in order to yeah, for regular people to try yeah. them, and because I don't think there's been enough of a push for that, and, and and I think we probably could get a little bit more support from hardware um, uh, companies. Uh, and I, I've always been really surprised. Yeah, I've always assumed people would be sort of stumbling over their own feet trying to you know get us hardware. We do have hardware loans, but it's like from third party organizations, which is strange um so it's interesting so like you know i I would bring that up i brought that up at a panel um although hardware you get hardware support if you're a creator like i just think it's interesting that because it's so brand new and because they're you know really trying to convince people to use (laughs) this brand new platform that is like nothing anyone's ever tried I, i don't know i just find it interesting but um but because i brought that up um you know nervously um Mm -hmm. uh, you know i had people approach me about vr experiences you know that were happening at at other uh pavilions and terraces and things at hotels in the area (laughs) so you know so that yeah exactly so stuff like that was happening all the time so i went up going to see this experience um at the, on the Scandinavian Terrace, you know, at 10 a.m., you know, which was this really interesting uh, experience where you kind of sat in a circle, and, and they used, um, they showed, sort of showed you an image of yourself, and it became this kind of out-of-body experience. And anyway, it was interesting, but, like, you know, so stuff like that would happen all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think there probably is uh, an organic just by the nature of of uh, the festival that, uh, you know, things just kind of happen and you, like any other festival, things just kind of happen organically, but it's just, there's more of it. <laughs> it can.
2: That is really unique. And it's really cool that you get to, chance to talk about us with it and even mm-hmm. though you even though you can't it's, it's you you said you're still absorbing all the this information it's the, the, still the what you've been able to share with us is very it's been very enlightening for me
3: <laughs> oh good <laughs> good uh, that's something yeah we'll all, we'll have to meet there at one point we'll have to do like a special coverage <laughs> oh wouldn't that be cool uh, Yeah, <laughs>
2: I just enjoy the excuse to go visit France again, just just even for just a little while.
3: Mm-hmm. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to. Uh, yeah, it's definitely on my list. I'd I'd like to do. I'd like to see uh, many more festivals.
2: Yeah, European festivals sound uh, film festivals sound awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, I guess perhaps it's it's time for. A- a quick journey over to the water cooler. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we pretty much covered can as far <laughs> as we can. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I haven't got ton to say this week. Uh, I haven't actually watched a lot in the name of actual traditional straightforward animation in the form of just just animated shows or movies. But I watched a movie that was classified as live action, but is actually more animated than not, and that mm-hmm. was Steven Spielberg's *The BFG*, which came out last year.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah, we've well, Dan told us about that the, the, a, couple, mm-hmm. uh, a couple episodes ago. And so, what was mm-hmm. your take on it?
1: I really liked it. I like the I like the story from my childhood. It was one of my Preferred Roald Dahl stories because mm-hmm. that's what it's based on, and there was an old animated movie made in about nineteen ninety or something by Close Grove Hall Animation Studio in the UK, voiced by David Jason, the voice of Danger Mouse and Count Dracula. <laughs> um, I
2: think I've actually I actually saw that version of the of the mm-hmm. the BFG, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, um, but what I really wanted to talk about is the animation i feel like people weren't talking about it that much but
2: no which is really it... weird it's kind of like the same idea with um, with the the jungle book i know you're you you don't think of that film as highly enough as the you know as the original disney film and i understandably so but at the same time it's like there is a very distinct form of animation that was really impressive and yeah, I mean, obviously BFG is the next, you know, next step of that. So it's like it's really strange that because these films are being classified as "quote unquote" live action, that they really aren't talking about the animated uh, stuff in it very much.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's really weird because I, I I feel like it, you know, this is like one of the next big steps in that he he is but he looks well, I suppose perhaps because he looks slightly not human because. Mm-hmm. The main character is based on the Oscar winning actor, Sir Mark Rylance, who is excellent. Um and he's in a lot of Steven Spielberg films now. He was in Bridge of Spies and uh he plays plays the BFG brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um and it's based on him but not quite looks like him. It's there is a slight sort of cartoony thing, but it also he just looks really real most of the time. Um and I feel like the the thing that's really changed in, like, photorealistic animation in the past few years is is the eyes. Mm-hmm. You know how eyes always looked really dead Then people used yeah. to go, and it and used to give you the creeps. I, they've started to get life in the eyes now. And it's, yeah, they start to, you know...
2: Yeah, it's really it's, interesting. It like, I've noticed that soul. myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that myself in a lot like, a lot of, I think one of the things with a lot of the different, um, I don't, I don't really, I'm trying to think of specific examples, but I, I, I know what you mean. Like, it seems like there's a lot more life in these creations now than there used to be in terms of how they're getting the expressions. And yeah, you said definitely the eyes, they Mm -hmm. seem a lot more realistic. So you have to really wonder like, okay, there's something that they're picking up now, something that they didn't have before in terms of animating, you know, eye movements. That's really come a long way to the point where that it doesn't. You know, you're you aren't getting as much of this uh, uncanny valley as you would with earlier CGI animation. So I'm I'm really kind of like wondering, like, okay, what's wait, which where where did someone crack the code, or if or at least getting closer to cracking the code of giving the you know a lot more realistic performances. Like, how how would they go that far? Mm-hmm. Do you think? I mean-
1: i don't know (laughs) i'm i'm just i'm just kind of blown away by how far it's come and it's um it's i the same thing i get with all photorealistic um sort of animation these days is that you look at it a lot of the time and you go that just looks real and then from a slightly different angle you just sort of get a glimpse of it and, and you see for a second that it's not and mm-hmm. I used, I got that with um, The Jungle Book quite a lot I'd be like oh that's a real animal and then you go oh, no it's not <laughs>
2: just, <laughs> yeah it tripped like... you did that, that's one of the things I was really the the me boy about the movie you know the story or interpretation of the story be darned that was one of the things that I was really I, I dug about the Jungle Book uh, remake more than anything was the fact that a lot of the like they they' obviously put a lot of hard work into making sure that the depictions of these animals were as on point as they possibly could be to the point it did trick you,
3: mm-hmm. and even
2: like when you're looking at them and they're talking so you know they're not real because they're talking at the same time, like I really appreciate the fact that they took the extra effort, like okay, they're talking, but they're not we're only gonna make them express emotion to how they the animal themselves is capable of expressing like mm-hmm. would be capable of expressing with you know the way that they're you know, with the way that they are. And I thought that was a really fascinating idea that they approached animating these uh characters that way.
3: I really like the tree character as well. I mean, I thought that was kind of... Oh, wait, I'm thinking of a different film, aren't I? <laughs> oh, wait, what? Forget it, yeah. I, I totally mixed two films, oh my gosh. But um, Liam um, Neeson... You're thinking of, anyway, forget um... it, forget it.
1: I know what you're, you're thinking of a monster calls.
3: <laughs> I am, I am how did I do that? Oh my god, those two films are not alike at all <laughs> <laughs> well, not at all <laughs> that's so funny I was picturing them both and I combined them in my mind yeah, I've I've seen them both in BFG. No, you're right though, I mean they're definitely, there they was sort of like a if you look to sort of older um, mm. um motion capture and and, uh, and CG and animation overlay, uh mm. Um, it's it's gotten a lot more sophisticated, that's for sure. We'll look at uh, Star Wars. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, with the re- re- recreating um, uh, Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue One, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, even you know earlier on in, in uh, the life of uh, you know CG animation and uh, live action films, there were some uh, aspects or some uh, examples that even for that particular time were really you know really expressive. I mean. I, I will always go back to Andy Serkis's performance as uh, Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies as being one of like the earliest examples of you know what you know doing that kind of animation really you know really well in terms of you know you you do actually get a sense of life from this creation. Mm-hmm. But it's um, that's like an earlier example, but it's, it seems that they've been. Like that was like a diamond in the rough for so long, but now that they've they're kind of cracking the code a bit more in terms of maybe based like starting from that point to maybe moving on, bit you know further on down the line, that maybe that they're they're finally getting uh, more of an idea like okay how can we stri- you know we strike lightning twice or how can we better uh, approach these characters that we have to animate from the ground up or um, you know using through um, motion capture or. You know what other tools they have at their disposal and uh in order to kind of really sell the character
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's really hard. it's really hard to say i'm like i said it's i'm not i am i am very far removed from that particular aspect of the industry so i really this is all just guesswork from my part, but it really is it's it's mind boggling and it really surprises me that at least in regards to at least from big talks like i haven't really i don't know who's really there they're, no one's really discussing this evolution and how we seem to be getting a lot better it's kind of like it's they're kind of just especially in the recent years are just kind of sweeping it under the rug it's like oh it's just a movie go Mm -hmm. see it and yada yada
1: but i i think a lot of the um the digital animation that makes part of films now people don't necessarily notice and that's part of the problem because it's so got so advanced people don't even know know it's animation
2: yeah, I, maybe, I guess that's the problem. <laughs> that's I, that, that's really, it's amazing that we're con- uh, considering the fact that it's so, well, like, oh, it, it's, that it's, uh, you know, it, it does look so realistic. I mean, you'd think people would be making more of a fuss about it, but then, yeah, you're right. I think it's the fact that it looks so realistic. People are just not really, it's not registering in people's minds as animation because, and that's also not how some a lot of these films are being marketed as, I guess. hmm
0: because, because it's, it's kind of a combination me. of
2: both animated and life and uh, um, you know life acting elements.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's co-
2: true. Yeah, that's true. Go ahead, Circus.
1: Quite a lot of the BFG is animated, but I think I think they also because um, I was thinking I was thinking at one point I was thinking like at this point like only the little girl is actually human, but I think the um, sets, I think they made sets as well, so... I think yeah, that
2: was the same case with the Jungle Book as well.
1: Because they, um... Because part of the thing they wanted to do was uh, uh, to get the performance of the the actors interacting. Cause, mm-hmm. Because uh, well, Rylance is such a good actor, they wanted to make sure he was actually his performance was in it and i think it really comes across and i think yeah it's probably a film that gets under appreciated really so i think it's worth watching <laughs>
2: oh awesome i'll definitely have to check it out it's yeah. it's one of my like it's, like you said it's it's definitely one of my favorite roald dahl stories so mm-hmm. and i um i remember really like i remember i read it but it really kind of got a new life for me when i when i actually watched that animated film growing so... up so now I'm really kind of interested. Like, in okay, what kind of new life is it going to take in this particular format? Which mm-hmm. is funny because it's like you know that I know the story. I know the story backwards and forwards, but it's it's never, I'm never tired or sick to go back to it. It's always really fun. Maybe that's just a, a you know, one of the appealing aspects of uh, Roald Dahl's writing. But also it's just the fact that there seem to be all, there are all these different interpretations and in different forms of media for it too, which is really awesome.
1: Apparently, like the uh, Royal Doll Estate, were quite, um, uh, quite, uh, it was quite hard to get people to, uh, to give people the rights to adapt things. So that's why there hasn't been that many adaptations. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's been like, well, I suppose there's been like Matilda and the Witches, then and uh, well, or um, perhaps more recently, it's got more like that because <laughs> 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 um, there hasn't been that many recently well fantastic now I'm thinking of all of them there's loads (laughs) I'm contradicting myself (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah like I know they did yeah here was his his centenary last year um, and only two two films like were released in the centenary when they could have been loads um, which was BFG and the Revolting Rhymes animation that was on the BBC over Christmas
0: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That was good as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other thing I've got is that I've been playing a lot of a PlayStation Four game that I finally got into, which is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Ooh, right. That's is, the
2: um. That was the s- was that the first or the se- uh, the sequel to the uh,
1: the reboot? Yeah, it's, it's the sequel to the reboot. It
2: oh, is- okay.
1: Yeah, it's the first one that was made from the ground up for next-gen consoles. Well, only, not, only they're not called next-gen consoles anymore because they are the current-gen, obviously. But, uh It was originally released on Xbox One and then a year later it came out on PlayStation 4 as well because it had a pesky exclusive for a year. Boo. Uh, ah. <laughs> um, But I had been playing through the PlayStation 4 remake of the Tomb Raider re- re- reboot, the definitive mm-hmm. edition, and I finished it. Um, so then I knew I could finally play <laughs> Rise of the Tomb Raider, and it's a beautiful thing. <laughs>
2: it's really <laughs> I, well well made, is it?
1: Mhm. Uh, <laughs> basically, you can tell it's. There is a bit that, like, from the, from the off, like the graphics and everything, are mm-hmm. a big step up from the. The uh, remake of the re- of the first game for the mm-hmm. PlayStation Four because yeah. obviously it started. Did they didn't just have have a they didn't upgrade it. It started as for that this generation of consoles, and the um, basically these are what one of my favourite series of games ever, and the the reboot I loved and it is basically more of the same but really even more shiny um, <laughs> but there's a lot there's a lot more uh, like moving around to start off with at least you like mm. start, off, you start off in one place it's like all oh right you're starting off in a mountain and then you go to syria and then oh wow you, you go to siberia and it's like ooh, <laughs> lots of um cuz the first game was more was one location and it was quite open worldy. y um, Yeah. And this one, it starts off, you're thinking, oh, perhaps it's a bit more, um, you know, a bit more on rails a bit. But where I've got to now, which is in Siberia, there is, like, this is... I don't know if it's a similar size to the island in the first game or something, but it's there's much more of an open-world feel to this bit where um, mm-hmm. I am now. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and it's... it's cause, I played quite a while before you got any enemies or anything. It was You start off, there's an awful lot of climbing and stuff. <laughs> and, uh. and jumping and, and platforming and stuff, which is awkward. Um, but there wasn't a lot of action in it to start off with. And where I've got to, there's quite a lot now.
2: Oh, yeah, finally caught up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it also uh, it took me back to playing original PlayStation uh, Tomb Raider. Um, oh, nice. When... Uh. That's a good right. feeling. When um, get started. There was a bit where I was near a cat, near a, a cave, and suddenly a leopard runs out, um, and it, that took me back to like being attacked by monsters in the first game, and like when the, <laughs> when you first encountered the T Rex in the original Tomb Raider.
2: Oh was, God, I remember that. Oh, that was, a,
1: that was an iconic so moment. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like the
3: Death Claw in uh, Fallout.
2: Oh, me. God!
3: I was, that, I mean, it's not so bad now, but I was terrified. <laughs> like, terrified. Yeah, I was but like, yeah. get me out of here! Yeah, but those, yeah, those Tomb Raider games, I remember playing the, um, f- first, uh, maybe not the first, but, uh, early iterations of that. Really cool.
1: That was, like, They were hard, them.
2: man. They were really super hard. Yeah! Okay?
3: <laughs> those puzzles, I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then I you can make you. Laura die in so many horrible ways if you messed up, and just like that, I remember I, I, I stopped playing for for a good long while because I just got so sick of watching her die over <laughs> and over and, <laughs> over and over again. That's hilarious, like, right? Guys, did you actually have to animate all these terrible death scenes? But no, yes, of course <laughs> they had to because that would that, that adds to that. the drama and makes you like, hey, don't watch your main character die in so many horrible ways. Actually solve the <laughs> gosh, darn puzzle. I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but so good.
2: I really enjoyed uh, the way they remade the series. Um, you know, even after you know so long, and I think they they really hit the right the nail on the head of how uh, to reintroduce Laura to the um, you know the gaming uh, gaming pop uh, you know public. And I'm really like glad that what they did with her. And I was I've been really curious after that first outing, that first uh, new outing, to see how the um things had changed with her as opposed to that original you know premise. And basically mm-hmm. showing her how she became the tomb raider, so how in terms of like talking speaking of the narrative like how did they really uh how did they handle you know how how hard you know what what's her uh where did she start off in this game
1: well it a lot of it um is relating to like a story revolving her father in this one um mm-hmm. and there's like a lot of sort of flashbacks to. Because her father was, uh, was um, you know, he was an adventurer as well. And he was trying mm-hmm. to, um, he had an obsession with uh, discovering uh, some legends or something. And mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, so there's quite, she's got a particular connection with this. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, she ends up um, basically discovering like a, con- you know, a conspiracy yeah, Tomb Raider, thing. you're
2: always discovering something.
1: Mhm, and uh, obviously it gives their excuse to travel all over the world and go to different places and and uh, do lots of climbing and stuff. Um, but yeah, the story is really interesting as well. Like the um, all the uh, cutscenes and everything. Actually, you actually want to watch them rather than just skip them. Uh, which...
2: Oh wow! Good. That that's that's good praise.
1: Mhm. <laughs> Well, yeah. Don't. Well, they anyway. used to.
3: They used to be that used to be such a reward. Like when the um the actual gameplay uh, graphics weren't as hot, you know, it'd be like, mm. and here's my little my reward. is <laughs> the like yeah. the cutscenes, you know. But um, you know what? I played through all the way through is um Firewatch for the first time, and yeah. um, it was really good. Yeah, I, I hadn't played that yet, and uh, it was it was. Uh, great. Like I I just sort of sat I think it was on some holiday or something and I was just like, I'm gonna take this whole day and play this game. And um it was uh yeah, it was uh it was satisfying. Okay. <laughs> the storyline was really good, yeah. Yeah,
2: I've like I've only heard uh about what Firewatch is about, so could you could you tell me a little bit more about it?
3: Yeah, I mean it it's the the, uh, game, the story itself sort of, it's sort of like a, you know, what do I do now? Like choice, uh, uh, I don't know what, what you call that, but the, the narrative changes depending on your choices. Um, oh, a little bit like yeah. a telltale games. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and so it's really interesting, but I found myself, um, it really is kind of a page turner. <laughs> I mean, I found myself caught like I wanted to get to the next uh, next chapter and, and just see what was going to happen. And you, you sort of, you know, you're hoping for things. You become very um, invested, um, and that was surprising to me. Um, I'd heard good things about it, and it's won all kinds of awards for a story. Um, uh but yeah it, it it was it was worth it you you it the thing is you get a whole backstory um of the main character first it's someone it's like text based it's really interesting and then um it really does kind of pull you in somehow uh so when you basically the main character has some uh i don't want to like give too much of a away but the <laughs> main character has some uh has some I- issues some personal Problems, relationship, relationship challenges, and um, uh-huh. so he puts himself in this uh, national park uh, as uh, like a forest ranger in a forest ranger type position, and has uh-huh. communication with someone from a tower. Uh, and then, as you're sort of exploring the environment, which is very beautiful, uh, you know, you're in communication with this other voice and and you know, each of the characters kind of unfolds and then a mystery there's a mystery and um some some things happen and uh I only played through it once so um I'm not sure how the story changes if you um, make maybe different decisions. But really yeah. I, I don't know if it's it's not as much like telltale games where you really you know, you you kind of almost uh, create a—it's uh, not like a good, evil, neutral <laughs> yeah, no, um, persona yeah. that you're creating for your character. Um, so you know, I don't—I don't know how much it really changes, but um, anyway, it's really well done, and, and you—you don't—you know, I found myself sort of thinking about it the next day, not in a way, not like trying to, you know, dissect it or it's not like it was deep or anything, but it did no, have no, fun, yeah. some really nice moments, and and uh, you know. Uh, you definitely wanted to like you know keep moving forward. So that's was, good. That's probably the highest praise you
2: could probably give a game like that. It's really you know narrative. You know the quality of a narrative is really more subjective, I think. But it's really of mm-hmm. how it, it the game succeeds if it makes you invested in the narrative narrative enough, regardless of what it is, in yeah. order to keep see, in order to see the story through to the end.
3: Right, exactly, you know, as opposed to something like um, Until Dawn or whatever, which was, you know, looked really nice, mm-hmm. and, but, um, you know, I just could could care less if they all died, like, <laughs> like I I just want to see how it might happen, you know, but I didn't really, but I could, like, did not care.
2: That, that's, like, the same mentality as, like, when you're playing The Sims, it's like, okay, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm really bored, okay, I'm just going to seal them in a room, and then I'm just going to set them on fire.
3: Oh my God, I don't know though. I get totally invested in that game. Like for, <laughs> I, you know what it is? Because I it, always in the first go around, whenever I, it's been a long time, but mm-hmm. um, I used to play those games and set it up like, uh, just I guess I was creating an emotional attachment for myself, but I would create like my own immediate family.
0: Uh, <laughs> and then you know,
3: and see how they would survive. <laughs> Given and then just kind of add variables and, and just watch them just watch it not work out. <laughs> yeah, I mean so even I if I it makes you think it it's gonna myself. work
2: out. Normally the Sam's will just, just go downhill from there.
3: I know. Uh oh, I spent so many hours in that game. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Here,
2: here. <laughs> so yeah, well, I know we were originally talking about Tomb Raider, but uh yeah, that was <laughs> Laura definitely Laura Croft. Laura Croft. I, I have to say it's it's good to have her back. And now I just really want to have like a crossover. I mean I know it probably I I don't know I'm not as familiar with the uh story of Uncharted, but I would I would really like to have her and uh, Lara Croft and uh, the main character from that series to have like a crossover. (laughs) Wouldn't that be wild?
3: (laughs) A
1: romance. No, no. Make it out of romance. Seriously
3: i don't know anything about um uncharted i really don't so i say that I'm like are do they have a lot in common i say both adventurers and puzzle solvers
2: yeah yeah they are i mean they would, would definitely would make for some interesting 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 interactions for sure but no it's like he can't, he can't put a ring on that he's already put a ring. Uh, as far as i'm aware he's already he's already uh happily married
3: thought oh, that is hilarious maybe his wife could die in some tragic tragic Cliff fall. Oh, God. No, I mean, (laughs) just to start up, you know, the game. Yeah, I was (laughs) like, oh, no.
1: And a lot of people who played the first game would uh, um, uh, reckon that Laura and uh, Sam have a bit of a thing. Sam, oh, okay. um, Female (laughs) friends who she has to rescue. And um, I, I, I can I can kind of see where where people which might which think friend that
2: she has to rescue because then she had, in the first one she had to rescue quite a lot of people
1: the main one <laughs> like her best friend basically
2: oh yeah 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 oh okay I get you I get you
1: yeah. I I think there's a you know there's a contingent out there who I'm sure
2: yeah. there's a, a I'm sure Laura has been shipped with but you we know, almost every single character in the franchise at one point or another
1: yeah <laughs> anyway. Rachel, I, I, you've been playing some, something, I think, as well. Is, oh, uh...
2: um, in terms of video games or uh yeah. or animation.
1: I put you. Um. Didn't... Oh no, you know, no, you haven't. I'm. Getting no, well, I've been playing a
2: lot of video games recently, so it's like I, I, w- some of which I've gone over in previous episodes of the podcast. Like I finished P- uh, Persona Five, um, Nier Automata Gravity Rush 2 Like all of which I've told you already about.
1: So Maybe I'm kind try of like. Again. Rachel, you've been watching something rather than playing. <laughs> yes. <wrestling. laughs>
2: Sorry to kind of throw me off there, but no, yeah. Um, I was going through some uh, like I was, you know, just kind of fooling around at home and just uh, going like, okay, I've been, I haven't looked at my iTunes in a while, like just to see what what's what I have on there because I know I've quite, I had quite a bad, a uh, good amount of things back in college, and I don't know there was. Lots of lots of animation related uh shows that I I couldn't find very much anywhere else that I really enjoyed. Like uh Codename Kinsex Store was on there. It was a really that was just a fun Cartoon Network show. Um but one of my personal favorites that I was actually really in the mood to watch because it's um I'm kind of gearing myself up for uh the next D C movie, kind of keeping my fingers crossed, like, Oh, please let it be good, please let it be good, please let it be good Um, was uh the um cartoon series that they had on Cartoon Network for a while for us uh, a uh, animated series of the Justice League so you know you had all these uh the, some of the major characters from the from the, that particular comic series so you had the flash you had green Lantern Superman Batman Wonder Woman Hawk Girl and just a whole bunch of these different characters and uh, my one of my personal favorites the uh, Martian manhunter <laughs> as well and it was and I remember like because I've only been vaguely aware of the comics so really a lot of what I now know about the Justice League comics. I mean, I've looked I've looked it up on my own, but that was basically my introduction to a lot of those different characters. I mean, that's one of the reasons like the animated um the animated continuity that they had established with both the Batman animated series and Superman animated series, that was kind of like the original um, you know, Marvel's Avengers for me mm-hmm. in terms of the fact that they had all these different characters tied in with their own kind of cartoon shows. And then the big you know the was the big series all of, of all of them coming together and uh was was the this original justice League show so a lot of like the you know character interactions of you know working to save the world with against all these different foes all from like their different rogues galleries was really you know this was the, the big start for me and so a lot of what I love about avengers uh you know the avengers live action film I kind of like you know it was I felt it was originally done in this format, and it was really cool to kind of go back and see where it all began, or where I first really got attached to these characters, and you know, in their interactions with each other. So, which is why whenever I look at the um, the uh, the live action DC movies, and I just I you know I see I saw the Batman Superman trailer, you know, back when it was first coming up, and I just kind of looked up and even though i like i said i haven't had i hadn't seen the movie at the time so i really couldn't you really can't criticize that much at the same time i just had you get that gut feeling like "Mm, i don't feel that this is going to appeal to me on the same level of something else that i know already already succeeded
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and being able to tell you know the stories of these characters in a i mean obviously it was you know cartoon network at the same you know but at the same time it i don't think it talked down to its audience Like, Mm -hmm. any of those cartoons never really talked down to their audience. One of the things that I, um... Because that was a... At least with this, uh... The Wonder Woman film. I remember that was my first time learning about, you know, exactly who Wonder Woman was. Was Mm -hmm. through this, uh, animated series. So I got to know the character and her backstory. And, uh, you know... What kind of makes her tick. And so that yeah, And then they, uh... Did that, um animated film later on, I think it was after the Justice League's original run, where it was exclusively on Wonder Woman. We have a review on on the site and why it's just such a really wonderful representation of the character. So that's why I'm kind of, like, gearing myself up like, okay, it seems like the trailer for this this new film is kind of hitting all the right beats. Whether or not it still is able to put it, you know, have a really good structured film remains to be seen, but it's like I, I feel like we're getting... A cl- uh, really good representation of the character it's just like we'd have to wait and see how they uh how they handle it
1: word is good word is good
2: mm-hmm fingers make, crossed make change <laughs> It's like come on d c we know we, you you can write good stuff you have good stories you have good characters we mm. just need a we just need to put that together in a coherent film and we're good
1: <sighs> yeah
2: stop competing with Marvel. <laughs> please. You'll make better films that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's my, uh, my, my contribution to the water cooler.
1: Okay. I think then that wraps us up for today. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been a bit of, probably a bit of a shorter episode, but it's still been a good chat. It's been awesome. Oh, that yeah. were you, everyone. Yeah. Uh, your, your exciting adventures. <laughs> on the, um, oh, Is it, is it the croissette or something. there's something there. Oh
3: do. yes, that's yeah. right. That's the main uh, main street. Yeah. <laughs> or and it's also a baguette, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because they name it after now you guys the are making street. me hungry. <laughs> <Sorry>.
1: <laughs> I do make good bread. It's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If you would like to um, catch up with all our previous episodes, you will find them on Apple Podcasts, as they now call it, on Stitcher, on podcast.com, and on animationforadults.com. Uh, you will find all our previous episodes back to episode one on all of those formats now. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at AFA Blog. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Google+. Plus. Yes, that's it.
2: <laughs> yes. That, that 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 seems to be the full gambit. Uh
1: and you can also follow me personally on Twitter and Facebook at Mr Crystal. Where can we find you, Rachel?
2: You can find me normally on Twitter at 2 Ninja.
1: And Yvonne
2: I'm on
3: Twitter at ISNAR underscore Inc. and of course if you'd like to submit a short film to Animation Nights New York. Uh, uh find our website animationnights.com and d- dot nyc and uh, we're on film freeway
1: Awesome, and we will be back soon for some more animation related chatter and <laughs> we'll speak to you soon good night everybody goodbye bye bye
3: good night <laughs>